Section 7 of The Adventures of Danny Meadow Mouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Danny Meadow Mouse by Thornton W. Burgess. Section 7. Chapter 10. Timid Danny Meadow Mouse. Danny Meadow Mouse is timid. Everybody says so, and what everybody says ought to be so. But just as anybody can make a mistake sometimes, so can everybody. Still, in this case, it is quite likely that everybody is right. Danny Meadow Mouse is timid. Ask Peter Rabbit. Ask Sammy Jay. Ask Tripe Chickmunk. They will all tell you the same thing. Sammy Jay might even tell you that Danny is afraid of his own shadow, or that he tries to run away from his own tail. Of course, this isn't true. Sammy Jay likes to say mean things. It isn't fair to Danny Meadow Mouse to believe what Sammy Jay says. But the fact is, Danny certainly is timid. More than this, he isn't ashamed of it, not the least little bit. You see, it's this way, said Danny, as he sat on his doorstep one sunny morning talking to his friend, old Mr. Toad. If I weren't afraid, I wouldn't be all the time watching out. And if I weren't all the time watching out, I wouldn't have any more chance than that foolish red ant running across in front of you. Old Mr. Toad looked where Danny was pointing, and his tongue darted out and back again, so quickly that Danny wasn't sure that he saw it all. But when he looked for the ant, it was nowhere to be seen, and there was a satisfied twinkle in Mr. Toad's eyes. There was an answering twinkle in Danny's own eyes as he continued. No, sir, said he. I wouldn't stand a particle more chance than that foolish ant did. Now if I were big and strong, like old man Coyote, or had swift wings like squimmers I swallow, or were so homely and ugly looking that no one wanted me like, like, Danny hesitated and then finished rather lamely. Like some folks I know, I suppose I wouldn't be afraid. Old Mr. Toad looked up sharply when Danny mentioned homely and ugly looking people. But Danny was gazing far out across the green meadows and looked so innocent that Mr. Toad concluded that he couldn't have had him in mind. Well, said he, thoughtfully scratching his nose, I suppose you may be right, but for my part, fear seems a very foolish thing. Now I don't know what it is. I mind my own business and no one ever bothers me. I should think it would be a very comfortable feeling. It is, replied Danny, but... As I said before, it is a very good thing to keep one on guard when there are as many watching for one as there are for me. Now there's Mr. Black Snake and... Where? exclaimed old Mr. Toad, turning as pale as old Toad can turn, looking uneasily and anxiously in every direction. Then he turned his head to hide a smile. If old Mr. Toad wasn't showing fear, no one ever did. Oh, said he, I didn't mean that he is anywhere around here now. What I was going to say was that there is Mr. Blacksnake, and Granny Fox, and Reddy Fox, and Redtail the Hawk, and Hooty the Owl, and others I might name, always watching for a chance to make dinner from poor little me. Do you wonder that I am afraid most of the time? No, replied old Mr. Toad. No, I don't wonder that you are afraid. It must be dreadful to feel hungry eyes are watching for you every minute of the day and night, too. Oh, it's not so bad, replied Danny. It's rather exciting. Besides, it keeps my wits sharp all the time. I'm afraid I should find life very dull indeed if, like you, I feared nothing and nobody. By the way, see how queerly that grass is moving over there. It looks as if Mr. Blacksnake, why, Mr. Toad, where are you going in such a hurry? I just remembered an important engagement with my cousin, Grandfather Frog, at the Smiling Pool, headed old Mr. Toad over his shoulder as he hurried so that he fell down on his feet. Danny chuckled as he sat alone on his doorstep. Oh, no, old Mr. Toad doesn't know what fear is, said he. Funny how some people won't admit what everybody can see for themselves. 
now. I'm afraid, and I'm willing to say so. Chapter 21, an exciting day for Danny Meadow Mouse. Danny Meadow Mouse started along on one of his private little paths very early one morning. He was on his way to get a supply of a certain kind of grass seed, of which he is very fond. He had been thinking about that seed for some time and waiting for it to get ripe. Now it was just right, as he had found out the day before by a visit to the place where this particular grass grew. The only trouble was it grew a long way from Danny's home, and to reach it, he had to cross an open place where the grass was so short that he couldn't make a path under it. I feel it in my bones. This is going to be an exciting day, said Danny to himself as he trotted along. I suppose that if I were really wise, I would stay nearer home and do without that nice seed. But nothing is really worth having unless it is worth working for, and that seed will taste all the better if I have hard work getting it. So he trotted along his private little path, his ears wide open and his eyes wide open, and his little nose carefully testing every merry little breeze who happened along for any scent of danger which it might carry. Most of all, he depended upon his ears, for the grass was so tall that he couldn't see over it, even when he sat up. He had gone only a little way when he thought he heard a queer rustling behind him. He stopped to listen. There it was again, and it certainly was right in the path behind him. He didn't need be told who was making it. There was only one who could make such a sound as that, Mr. Blacksnake. Danny can run very fast along his private little paths, but he knew that Mr. Blacksnake could run faster. My legs can't save me, my wits must, thought Danny as he started to run as fast as ever he could. I must reach that fallen old hollow fence post. He was almost out of breath when he reached the post and scurried into the open end. He knew by the sound of the rustling that Mr. Blacksnake was right at his heels. Now the old post was hollow its whole length. But halfway there was an old knot hole, just big enough for Danny to squeeze through. Mr. Blacksnake did not know it. Danny ran back along the top of the log and was just in time to see the tip of Mr. Blacksnake's tail disappear inside. Then what do you think Danny did? Why, he followed Mr. Blacksnake right into the old post. But in doing it, he didn't make the least little bit of noise. Mr. Blacksnake took right on through the old post and out the other end, for he was sure that that was the way Danny had gone. He kept right on along the little path. Now Danny knew that he wouldn't go very far before he found out that he had been fooled, and of course he would come back. So Danny waited only long enough to get his breath, and then ran back along the path to where another little path branched off. For just a minute he paused. If Mr. Blacksnake follows me, he will be sure to think that of course I have taken this other little path, thought Danny. So I won't do it. Then he ran harder than ever, until he came to a place where two little paths branched off, one to the right and one to the left. He took the latter and scampered on. Sure by this time, Mr. Blacksnake would be so badly fooled that he would give up the chase, and Danny was right. Brains are better far than speed, as wise men long ago agreed, said Danny as he trotted on his way for the grass seed he liked so well. I felt it in my bones that this would be an exciting day. I wonder what next. Chapter 22 What happened next to Danny Mouse? Danny is so used to narrow escapes that he didn't waste any time thinking about them. He didn't this time. He who tries to look two ways at once is pretty sure to see nothing says Danny. He knew that if he thought too much about things that had already happened, he couldn't keep a sharp watch for the things that might happen. Nothing more happened as he hurried along his private little path to the edge of a great patch of grass so short that he couldn't hide under it. He had to cross this, and all the way he would be in plain sight of anyone who happened to be near. Very cautiously, he peeped out and looked this way and looked that way, not forgetting to look up in the sky. He could see no one anywhere. Drawing a long breath, Danny started across the open place as fast as his short legs could take him. Now all the time, Rattel the hawk had been sitting in a tree some distance away, sitting so still that he looked like a part of the tree itself. That is why Danny hadn't seen him. 
Baratel saw Danny's instant he started across the open place. Baratel's eyes are very keen, and he can see a great distance. With a satisfied chuckle, he spread his broad wings and started after Danny. Just about halfway to the city of the long grass on the other side, Danny gave a hurried look behind him, and his heart seemed to jump right into his mouth, for there was Baratel with his cruel claws already set to seize him. Danny gave a frightened squeak, for he thought that surely this time he would be caught, but he didn't mean to give up without trying to escape. Three jumps ahead of him was a queer-looking thing. He didn't know what it was, but if there was a hole in it, he might yet fool Redtail. One jump! Would he be able to reach it? Two jumps! There was a hole in it! Three jumps! With another frightened squeak, Danny dived into the opening just in time. And what do you think he was in? Why, an old tomato can Farmer Brown's boy had once used to carry bait in it when he went fishing at the Smiling Pool. He had dropped it there on his way home. Redtail screamed with rage and disappointment as he struck the old can with his great claws. He had been sure, very sure, of Danny Meadow Mouse this time. He tried to pick the can up, but he couldn't get a hold of it. It just rolled away from him every time, try as he would. Finally, in disgust, he gave up and flew back to the tree from which he had first seen Danny. Of course, Danny had been terribly frightened when the can rolled, and by the noise of the calls Redtail made when they struck his queer hiding place. But he wisely decided that the best thing he could do was to stay there for a while. And it was fortunate that he did so, and he was very soon to find out. End of section seven.